0: So we're going to, I'm going to share a few notices, a bit of news, a bit of uh, ways in which we can respond uh, to what's going on after Alice has spoken. Um, but she's going to, this is our kind of talk part of the service. So here's Alice. And um, again, Lord, as we go into the Bible, and, and, and this time we pray that you feed us, build up your church, equip us, encourage us, inspire us, show us who you are and who we are and how you, uh, how you have for us to live. Amen
1: so lovely to see everyone, well not quite see everyone, but be connected with everyone in this way. We talked last week about disentangling the virus from the panic fear response and that we absolutely need to be vigilant with the virus and supportive of one another and so on, particularly frontline workers and praying for those who are sick, absolutely. But we also need to have that that wound of fear and panic that is the orphan disconnected spirit that we don't know God's goodness and his love and his grace. We need to have that completely brought to God and healed by him. And we don't need to be in fear or panic. It's this incredible promise that that Jesus came in his death and resurrection, freed us, freed humanity from this crippling fear of death. And so we release that over us all, we release that blessing, that deliverance from fear, that perfect, mature, complete love of God that casts out all fear. But today actually I'm going to talk about something deeper, I'm going to talk about maybe a, more, a secondary fear that's a bit more ongoing and probably for some of us primary, but but will be bubbling up more and more as this new temporal normal is established. And it's really about fear to do with our our lifestyles, to do with the economy, to do with money, provision, and so on. For some of us, this will be really pertinent, I was connecting with Amy earlier, who is an actor, and some of her friends and colleagues are almost overnight without work and, and really struggling and vulnerable at this time and so we want to speak into that and I, I, I believe we've been given a word of real encouragement, comfort and hope at this time. And the word is reset. I don't know if we can put that up there. That's the one word that's come to mind that in this context we've been given an invitation to reset and we were thinking this and actually I listened online to some People yesterday and Chris Fallaton also had the phrase divine reset. We've been given this unprecedented invitation to bring realignment to different areas of our life. What defines the West is really in the non-essentials. There are four particular non-essentials that makes the West the West, that enables us to be prosperous and, and live in 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 a different zone and they are non-essential paid and unpaid work particularly outside the home non-essential travel non-essential entertainment and non-essential shopping and those things are what make us the west and they are often where we go to to find our happy place and i think there's an invitation as those things are being restricted in extraordinary and unprecedented ways to re-evaluate reconsider realign where we are who we are and what our happy place is i'm going to read from john 15. it's a beautiful passage that jesus brings just before his his crucifixion he's had his celebrated his last supper with his disciples and these are some of his parting words i am the vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Often when we read the scripture, a way to read it is, is if there's a phrase or a word that leaps out, that connects with us, that'll be the Holy Spirit speaking. So as I read this, just allow these words to flood over us and hear what the Holy Spirit might be saying to us personally. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And that's our starting point in life, is we're clean because of the word of God spoken to us. Remain in me, abide in me, rest in me. Soak in my love as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands for everything that I learned from the Father, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. we've been given an unprecedented invitation to what we can call enforced rest. All those non-essentials that make the West the West have been severely limited, restricted, even in some cases prohibited. And what's interesting for us is the word stop cease pause actually has a hebrew word which we might be familiar with without realizing it from the root word sabbath which is where we get the word sabbath from at hope we've been looking and and investigating and being creative with that invitation to sabbath rest once a week for quite a few years now many of us are on that journey and we found it fascinating provocative challenging but ultimately Exhilarating and liberating, certainly for Chris and I, it is a key aspect that restores our mental, emotional, spiritual health, having a a beautiful one day a week to rest, restore, cease, pause, stop, delight in God, and then the six days wholeheartedly to work. It's a beautiful rhythm. But what else is in the law that god or the instructions the way of life that god gave moses to the free people of god the free people of israel coming out of slavery in egypt was a a sabbatical rhythm at a number of other levels and i want to press into one particular aspect of that we can draw out today which again friends have been talking about the reset and we've also been talking about this idea of a sabbath rest and this one isn't actually for people Or animals, as the the weekly Sabbath is. This is actually a rest for the land. It's in Leviticus 25. I'm going to read out a few verses. And again, the spirit behind the Sabbath rhythms, these rhythms of cease and pause and stop, of work for six days or six years and then rest for a day. Or a year is a spirit of generosity and justice reflecting who God is and who humanity is made and restored in the image of God. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land, I'm going to give you the land itself must observe a Sabbath, a cease, a pause, a stop to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops but in the seventh year the land is to have a year of sabbath rest a sabbath to the lord don't sow your fields or prune your vineyards don't reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines the land is to have a year of rest whatever the land yields during the sabbath year will be food for you For yourself your male and female servants and the hired worker and temporary resident among you as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land whatever the land produces may be eaten and if we think of amy and her friends and other friends amongst us at hope who this year actually this cease this pause is actually really really challenging and potentially terrifying in terms of financial provision this is extraordinary promise a bit later on in, in Leviticus 25. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my instructions and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. But you may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year? Incredibly challenging for an agricultural community to watch their land and be prohibited from sowing and reaping for a whole year their source of livelihood. That's a real challenge and invitation of faith in the goodness, justice and generosity of God. What were, you may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? And then God has, he brings this extraordinary promise. Verse 21, I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth crop comes in. Extraordinary generosity and justice and concern for his children. A couple of months ago, Greta Thunberg came to Bristol. And in the last two or three years, it's really been a build-up in momentum in mainstream dialogue about the climate emergency. And one of the things we were all talking about, both people who know God and know he loves us, but also friends who don't yet know God, was how impossible it felt for the West to not be the West. What makes the West are the non-essentials, as we spoke about earlier. And how we can ever change our lives so much at a collective scale that we could actually Reduce or resolve the climate emergency. And what's happened now, what felt so impossible just a month ago, is now our new temporary normal. All those non essentials have been restricted, if not prohibited. And we have an invitation now to reconsider, as the West, how we do life well and sustainably. This isn't what the focus of this particular talk is about. But it wouldn't surprise me at all, as if we collectively agreed to completely cease, pause and stop all non-essentials one day a week across the West, we would reduce, if not resolve, our climate emergency and together learn how to live sustainably and well in this beautiful planet that God's given us to look after. What's really interesting about the people of Israel is they never had the faith to rest the land. Every seventh year, they kept working from the time of the monarchy until the time they were put in exile when the kingdom of Judah was destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 BC for 490 years they never rested the land so they had to go into exile for 70 years a seventh of the 490 years because the land needed to be rested and interestingly it was the rich that went into exile, the three top classes, the poor which were actually the majority were left in the land and the land itself rested and there's a sense And again, I hold this lightly, and we want to keep dialoguing about this, but something I'm wondering is, if we don't rest a land, God intervenes and enables us to. Now, God is so gracious, and he's so kind, and he's given us a moment, as the church, as the people of God, and everyone concerned with how we move forward in the West, how we do life well in the 21st century. And he's given us this, this invitation for ourselves to rest in him, It's unprecedented it may never come again it certainly hasn't been given to us in living memory as my brother says he works in China and is now back in the UK China hasn't stopped working for 40 years and I would say probably the West is the same and this is a moment where we can stop we can cease we can pause we can rest both at an individual level and reset realign our values realign what we think is true who we are who we want to be but also at a national polit- socio, political level global level so we're going to look at a response to this divine reset this invitation to remain in christ to find him and discover him as our sabbath rest in his death and resurrection he dealt with that that profound fear which prevents us from ceasing and pausing and stopping. The fear of facing ourselves, our own demons, the fear of facing one another, the people we live with, and also the fear of not having enough, of having to overproduce and overprovide and overconsume to help us get through the day. He comes and he heals that. That was all crucified in his death and it was totally dealt with in his resurrection. And we can live life well now. We can work and we can rest, both out of a place of sustainable, deep peace with God and one another, we can enjoy the people we live with and we can enjoy what we do. So I think this is a really exciting invitation. It's an invitation in the up, the in and the out for a divine reset. Please don't move away from offline busyness and replace it to online busyness. Please use this moment of forced urban or rural monasticism to just remain in the words of God. Think through what we're feeding on online and limit it to to inspirational people, to, to worship, to connecting with God's words for us and then spend the rest of our time having a divine reset, remaining in God, hearing his voice for us. So in the up, we can connect in every day. At 8 a.m. we're gonna be posting videos for prayer, for ourselves and also for the city to worship God. We're also encouraging an inn where if we remain in God and we're connected with his voice and his word for us every day to hear him, for who to connect with in hope amongst us in this community. Maybe some of us will have to be self-isolating. Some of us will be in the front line with work. But this is a moment where we can hear God every day for people he wants us to pour into, to love, to bless. Pick up the phone, as apparently we did back in the 80s. And then finally, the out. And this is a moment for justice and generosity like we have never been given. Chris is going to mention some ways we can... Bring justice at the level, at the city level. But I want to identify a couple of ways we can be generous. And I don't know if you've had this, but we've already had requests. We've already had cancellations of events we're going to be part of and requests to not give a refund. And I think there are times when we do have to ask for a refund, and that's absolutely fine. But there may be times when we say, do you know what? I bless you i bless your business i bless your charity i'm not going to ask for a refund because we're all in this together and we need to have god's spirit of generosity don't forget we're not orphaned god spoke this universe into being he restores it he sustains it and he will bring it either to an end or a complete and full renewal and restoration by his word he is the beginning and the end not us so we can trust that he will look after us So if he inspires us to be generous with friends, with neighbours, with colleagues, with people where this is going to be financially vulnerable, let's take that step of faith, trusting he gives abundance in the sixth year to provide for the seventh and the eighth and the ninth year until the harvest back. This is a moment where we as individuals, as households, as church, as a nation, as a global community can reset how we do life. And I believe it is the kindness of God that leads us to a change of mindset about how we do life well that results in a change of lifestyle, which ultimately, from my own small experience of, is the most liberating, exhilarating, restorative way to live, a sustainable rhythm of work and rest. Now we've got uh, discipleship questions for people to look at. Very simple, in your groups. At home, either in your households at home or with friends online, however you want to do it, or with colleagues at work. And it's this one simple question What does work and rest look for me at this time? Remember, going back to John 15, we're not under the old law anymore. we're we're in a new covenant where God speaks to us and his revelation word liberates us into the life he wants us to lead and it has the grace within the words to empower us to do it so we simply need to ask him personally for our own lives and our own households and communities what does work and rest look like I believe he's releasing us into rest But I also believe for people where work has been hard and painful and a struggle, this is an invitation for a divine reset to walk into the good works of faith that we know God has created for each one of us to do. So I bless everyone at Hope to really find fullness in the work that God has for us, but also in the season of rest and this full divine reset that he has for us.
0: thanks alice so i really resonate with that in terms of last week i don't know about for you but for last week for me um i was kind of on adrenaline all week and i'd I'd go to sleep and go to bed sort of you know thinking about the next thing to do and then wake up adrenaline could still feel it in the body so much to do so many things to sort out people to connect with and and all this stuff and i thought i can't live like this for 12 weeks or however long it is and it would be exhausting and then i was sitting with god yesterday in my favorite armchair and just just having some time with him, and I felt him him remind me of that psalm. Is it psalm or is it Isaiah where it says, "I will, um, you'll you'll rise on, on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You're sorry. You're, you're soaring on wings like eagles. you will rise Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> you're rising on rising on wings like eagles. The sense of an eagle's wings are, uh, you know, they're outstretched, aren't they? And 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 they and they rise on the thermals rather than having to frantically flap. And and that was a that was a, a thing for me. It was about. Um, yes, I'll be busy and I'll be working hard at this time, but I'll be doing that from a place of uh, being led by God and, and His peace. So, um, great questions that you can maybe process as, as uh, households, or you know, ring up people in your four, or you, whoever else you connect with, and, um, and often these conversations are infused, I think, with the Holy Spirit, that as we choose our favour together, um, He brings revelation and insight to us about what He's saying to us. So, in terms of the, um, in terms of the city uh, response, uh, Andrew and Rebecca are hosting, setting up an eight o'clock a.m. prayer kind of regular pattern that we can do as a church. And every morning, from tomorrow morning, there'll be a little video going on our Instagram and Facebook pages. with a, a short, I guess two or three minute little, little, little uh, devotional kind of talk or something from different people within Hope, um, which will inspire us and help us as we sort of pray together um, along those, uh, pray for the city and the country and, and the world and so on along uh, during this time. So that's an 8am thing. I kind of thinking, it, for those of you who've been on our minster journey, um, you know, maybe this is a kind of a rhythm of prayer that we can do in our homes uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of minster-esque. Um, if you don't know what that is, you'll be confused, but that's okay. A um, regular time of prayer together. And then the other thing was, uh, was to mention how we respond as a church, as churches in Bristol. And I was on a call yesterday, um, no, Friday, with um, about 30 church leaders, and, and, and we're looking at how we can have a joined-up approach across the city. Uh, and um, if you the noise, if you had come across the noise, it's, it's mobilised by the kind of Woodlands group of churches, and it's normally a bank holiday weekend in May when people do practical social, um, social work around the city, doing gardens and and stuff for children and all sorts of things. This year, the noise is really the church's mobilisation vehicle for responding uh, together to the coronavirus outbreak and all that's come alongside that. So, if you go to the website, which is called which is the addresses of the noise. And um, dot org.uk slash Bristol Bristol Church Response, and that's basically we're making that a kind of go to place where it will link to everything else. So, so, for example, in this call, there are four main areas that were highlighted. One of them is is, is foster care, and um, there are three hundred foster carers in Bristol. Uh, Approx. I think I think uh, and eighty five of those three hundred are aged over 60 and um, a lot of them are in their 70s and 80s and obviously with the whole self-isolating thing there's a concern there and so far only one person has had to say actually I'm not well enough to look after the person and, and they were able to be looked after by someone else which was which was fine but there's always a concern for it's always a need for foster care in Bristol and, and I think around the country but this is really heightening that so they're looking to fast track apparently in World War II they fast tracked Spitfire train Spitfire training for like you could learn to fly a spitfire into like two weeks or, or a few months or something like that it sounds very dangerous but anyway but they're, they're also looking to uh, fast track the foster carer um process so that you can become an accredited foster carer it's a balance isn't it between risk and safeguarding and so on um, but that's a, but that's one area another one is uh, the food banks and so our food bank isn't happening here at the moment it's happening in Avonmouth and it's kind of things are going out centrally from there claire's been helping them out over there and um but there's a concern that with people going to the supermarkets less and so on, that there might be less people giving donations to food banks. So, uh, and, and so supermarkets are a great place to carry on giving food uh, for food banks, so keep an eye on that one. Another one was uh, school meals and uh, people who were receiving free school meals. And again, that's being worked on. And the fourth one was homelessness and the impact that this is having on homelessness. So those were four of the areas that were highlighted to us. But if you'd like to volunteer and help out, then, um, then look at that website. So it's, it's the t h e n o i s e dot org dot forward slash Bristol Church Response, and and there's details there. So, eight am prayers, and is our regular prayer thing. We'll do something like this. We'll see how this has gone, and um, and do something similar uh, probably going forward. We'll do feedback uh, to us how it's been, and uh, yes, and I think also you know we, we we're sort of catching our breath a bit, but we might move into a bit more of a pattern of what does business as usual look like for us in this new season for the next few months and it, and, you know, so I think we're on an evolving journey of, 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 uh, of how we connect with each other pastorally, how we look out for each other in, when people are in isolation and that sort of thing so we want to keep on tracking on that and uh, in, in the whole context knowing that God is good and for us and actually we carry okay. a, um, you know, a real message of hope, don't we and a, a joy and a peace so let's just finish by praying, shall we? Lord, we just, uh, just uh, there's a real comfort actually in the Bible, and just seeing how, um, for hundreds, thousands of years, people have discovered you in the midst of a crisis, often in the middle of normal life. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it says about Noah, isn't it? In the days of, is, it, is the days of Noah, people were just doing their normal life. Mm-hmm. They were, they were working, getting married, and having children, and that sort of normal life, and didn't really notice, you know, the bigger, bigger issues of life. Mm. Um, and, uh, but these moments, these times like this uh, uh, you know, they've, they've come before and they're times for us to discover you in a whole new way mm. and so, Holy Spirit, we, we invite you into our lives we invite you, we ask you to lead us particularly what our, what our personal patterns of work and rest and engagement with the crisis and, and stepping back from it into a reset what that all looks like yep. we, we need your wisdom uh, we love hearing your voice, we love it mm-hmm. when you speak to us and we pray you show us the way. Mm. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Great. So we'll finish our live stream there. Yeah. And we will, as I said at the beginning, if, you haven't, if you've joined us halfway through, um, there's resources on, on Facebook and on Instagram for children and youth. Brilliant video. Uh, Charlie's done for Tinarious. Rise and Soar. Really recommend Really good uh, for youth. And then I was going to be doing... Uh, I always forget the group names um, Bounce this week so I've done a little video for them uh, but again these are, could be good for other ages as well and uh, the Hames family have done a fantastic video yeah, it's amazing Mother's Day uh, moment and opportunity to make uh, well I won't say what but look out for the Hames video particularly aiming for um, boost but that would be good for the little gems and older ones as well yeah. So that could be an afternoon and, activity. And
1: Phoebe's hand washing is second to none. I learned how to wash my hands from yeah, Phoebe. This, also, this, this bit, this I this bit she, she's very detailed. And uh, Chris was, he, he had a guest I know character. Don't, don't, don't I don't, don't want to blow it, but that, yeah. his was very funny
0: as well. Okay, good. If yeah. you want
1: some funny videos.
0: Cool. Okay, cheerio.
1: Lots of love. Fine. Bye. Bye.